0: And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Are you free yet?
1: You heard me. Are you free? Have you experienced that true freedom that you've longed for? Because if not, I'm here to set you free. Free from what, you ask? Well, if you save with Conrad, we can free you from some mortgage payments. But I'm not here to pitch that, no. You get that message loud and clear, daily for that matter. I'm here to discuss freeing your tired ears from all the ads throughout your favorite Conrad Thompson-hosted podcast over at adfreeshows.com. Yes, free to listen to Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, JR, and the rest of the team without listening to one single ad oh yeah and while you're experiencing that freedom we decided to give it to you as soon as they stop recording that's right both early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com And not only that, we have several tier options that you can sign up for today and be part of some of the biggest summer blockbuster events and experiences. So join today and live your best life
0: ad-free over at adfreeshows.com. Man, I love talking about old wrestling with Arn Anderson, and I love talking about my friend Steven Singer. You know, finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, But man, we hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, the hassle, the haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, the discounts, the sales, the coupons, the styles, and all the other nonsense. But at least all of those are fantastic reasons for putting off, getting engaged. And that's why guys really hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book around not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler that's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no codes or discounts, just the best possible price guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check out Stephen at the other corner of 8th and Walnut and Philly or online at IHateStevensinger.com. Always with fast and free shipping. That's IHateStevensinger.com. <laughs>
1: And welcome to the Arn Show. This is Paul Bromwell filling in for Conrad Thompson this week, and I am humbled to be joined by the legend Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you this week?
2: Well, I'm a little disturbed here. In the you just came off the beach, and now Conrad's on the beach. I'm supposed to be the beach bomb in this crew. What's going on here?
1: I'm telling you what, man. Well, neither of us were in Pensacola, your favorite beach, but you're right. I just came off a uh, Myrtle Beach. Conrad is now down, I guess, with Rick, his father-in-law, and the family enjoying uh, a little bit of boat time. And uh, but uh, that's good for him, man. The guy is busier than I, I don't I don't know what. So uh, he asked if I could jump in, to help out, and and so here I. I am buddy.
2: Well, we're both wrestling fans and that's what we have in common. We can talk about this match, which is I'm surprised is not in black and white, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> should be fun today. I look forward to it, sir.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. We're going to continue on the journey that you and Conrad are on, and that is walking through the start of your career. Man, I'm caught up on these episodes, Arn. It has been fantastic to listen to how the life of, of Marty Lundy has evolved to Arn Anderson moving into wrestling now, coming over to uh, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, and we're going to watch an episode today together. We hope all of you can watch it with us. Uh, it is from uh, posted on YouTube by NW nwa worldwide for three march 9th 1985 the person that posted it is owc space tv and if you search nwa worldwide 3985 you're going to find the exact video it goes 47 minutes and three seconds arn we're going to watch it together are you excited about this
2: absolutely And, and i haven't seen this You know, and I don't know how long, so it's going to be exciting. It's like watching it for the first time, and let's just see what we see.
1: Sounds good, sir. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, man, this was, for me, this was the height of my uh, wrestling fandom. I guess I would say the height. I was being introduced to wrestling. I was six years old, and I remember living outside of a suburb in Philadelphia on Saturday afternoons. Worldwide wrestling and that music, which I'm going to play a little bit, just hit like none other. This was when the real wrestling came on, the stuff that I thought was real at least. And uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Hopefully, if you're watching it with us today, You are at the right spot, and we're going to do a countdown, Arn, and you and I are going to hit the play button when I say play. All right, so here we go. The countdown, three, two, one, play, and we open up to a crowd shot, and it's quickly going to transfer into some of my favorite wrestling theme music. Arn, I got to play it. Oh, man that is all the feels for me buddy
2: <laughs> brings back some memories for me too my friend
1: ah uh, so listen the show opens with Tony Shavani and Johnny Weaver and we all know about Tony but Arm what did you know of Johnny Weaver and do you have any fun stories as we start the uh, show here
2: he was just a guy that was just he was a veteran and had his career under his belt and had a great career and was very popular in the Carolinas you know he was One of those faces that you saw, then, hey, this is home team. And what a nice man he was. He really was. Um, Along with Penny Weaver, you know, who was his ex-wife and a really nice lady, too. But Johnny Weaver was was like the face of, of this show at that time.
1: Yeah, we got Crusher Khrushchev, uh, Barry Darso, you know, Barry Darso, who would then be smash. He's taking on Mark Fleming in this one. The Kolovs are at ringside. And these are the, these three here, they're the NWA World Six-Man Tag Champions at the time. You would get involved more with six-man tags later on in your Jim Crockett premiere. Jim Crockett uh, promotions run here. But what are some of the pros and cons of working a six-man tag compared to a normal tag?
2: Well, it just, uh, it gives you a chance to, to have the opportunity to other than one guy sitting on the floor and not getting that experience and staying in the loop to all three guys being involved in the match and you can never get enough reps or get enough match time, you know, when you're out in our industry, yeah, even though we were working in those days, every single day, still the TV exposure, you know, was incredible. And, uh, it was just a different, different scenario. Six man tags.
1: Arn, I don't know if I mentioned it enough at the top, but this is one of the first TV matches that you're going to be on on this card. As we watch the show, you're taking on Sam Houston here. You and I were talking beforehand. This wasn't your first televised uh, match, but one of the one of the one of the first few uh, for sure here, in March of uh, '85.
2: Yeah, it could have been second. Um, I had debuted and broke a kid's arm, and Manny Fernandez kind of got into my business, and I had to give him what's what's for, and I left him laying, and I was, you know, pretty good launch for TV in those days. You know, you didn't usually have a guy come out and have that kind of impact. So this is probably week two. Uh, I did not know Sam Houston. I had never met him. Uh, but I found out pretty quickly. He's a, he's pretty seasoned hand at this point already. See experienced and, uh, you know, tremendous performer.
0: Hey, real quick. CBD isn't about what you feel. It's about what you don't feel the stress, the anxiety, the pain. This has been a game changer in both my life and Arn's life. It's a safe, natural method to relieve pain, nervousness and sleeplessness without harmful side effects cbd to the rescue but specifically feels it's a better way to feel better you see feels is a premium cbd that will help you keep your head clear and feel your best it's hassle free and delivered directly to your door cbd naturally helps you reduce stress anxiety pain and sleeplessness and there's no hangover or addiction this has been a game changer for me i uh, I, i've got some torn stuff in one of my knees Long car trips, sitting for a long period of time. Lots of things could give me fits before. Now that I'm using feels, buddy, I feel like I got a new wheel. All you do is you place a few drops of feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. The thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important. And really everyone's dose is different. In fact, feels offers a free CBD hotline to help you guide your personal experience so you can find the perfect dose for you. The Fields customer service team is dedicated to making sure you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Fields monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel anytime. So start feeling better with Fields. Become a member today by going to Fields.com Arn and you'll get 50% off your order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash Arn to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's com forward slash Arn feels.com slash Arn. You're going to feel better. I know Arn and I do. Thanks to com slash Arn.
1: Arn, we're watching uh, Barry Darso here at the time he was Crusher Crew Chef working. Why do you think Barry was uh, so successful and many different gimmicks that he was?
2: See how big he is? Barry's got to be about, I'm going to say about 285, 290 right here. Did oh, yeah. you see how quickly he moved across that ring? Yeah. Barry was an athlete. You know, he wasn't just a, you know, his history was like a power lifter uh, and a big, strong guy, but he was quick and he was athletic and he got around that ring really, really good. And, uh, As you could tell, he wasn't just some big guy that plodded around tremendous athlete. And just a side note, all to this day, Barry Darso remains one of my dearest friends. Uh, His wife, Teresa, is probably one of Aaron's best friends that she's had over the years. It's, Mm. It's lasted all this time. So this is really cool to see Barry in there tearing it up.
1: Yeah, I remember you talking before on previous episodes about he was the one that you would stay in contact with and was the one who said, hey, you and Tully need to get up here to the WWE. Absolutely.
2: He was like the liaison for those couple of years from the first time that we you know, were contacted by Barry to come on up and to when we eventually came on up.
1: So this show here, Barry, by the way, Crusher Khrushchev would get the win. Uh, Fleming had no shot. He tapped out. Tommy Young was your referee for the match. Another—he just a stand-up, one of the best referees, I think, of all time, when I think of referees, at least. I know you probably enjoyed working with him as well.
2: I really did. And, you know, something that needs to be said about referees of that time, Tommy would would sometimes take the entire card. He would do every match, mm. which is unheard of. You know, sometimes he would have a relief referee there, but for the most part, Tommy would do all the matches and nobody seems to, that's something that kind of bypass a lot of people. If you're watching the show, but think about that because now you'll probably have for a two hour show, you'll have as many as, as three referees.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they take turns where Tommy was the man. He was every match you'd see Tommy Young running around out there. So that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up.
2: And a workhorse, and they should be appreciated. You know, refereeing is not an easy job. So
1: we just, if you're following along with us, it's five minutes, 45 seconds where I'm at. Bob Geigel just announced that Wahoo McDaniel will not face Ric Flair in an Indian strap match for the title. The world champ Ric Flair comes out and, of course, takes his shirt off. And now Wahoo is out and they're going to be brawling here in a minute. Flair's a baby face here. And, uh, we're going to see Tully make his way out. A lot of interesting side notes. This show's taped in uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina on March 5th. Do you have any uh, fond memories of working here in this arena at the Memorial Auditorium?
2: Well, it was my first TV taping. So you never forget that with a new company, you know, I just left Pensacola and, and just starting. So, you know, when you have your first television and you're in a locker room full of strangers and all the pressure that's involved there and you want to do well, it's your opening TV. People are gonna have their first impression of you, you know, and you better make a good one. Uh it's just uh one you never forget. And that building, I tell you, one of the other things I remember was hot. Mm. I mean, blazing hot. It, you know, in those days, it was just acceptable, which was fine. I like to have you know a good sweat going before I get in the ring. Anyway, you know, a good warm up. And in those arenas back in those days, it was really hot. It was harder for the crowd than I think it was for the wrestlers because. Man, you get there an hour early and you're sitting there baking and then you get all tore up watching the matches and you're out of your seat and jumping up and down. And, you know, there's no relief in sight. So maybe we should, you know, have the fans take a bow and say it's hard on you guys. We appreciate you, you know, standing in there and staying receptive and rowdy and wild and and just enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah, and as we're watching this angle unfold here, Tully made his way to the ring, and uh, Flair's a baby face, and uh, he, they're, they're attacking Flair. Wahoo is got the strap out, and he's giving it to Rick. Baby dolls hanging on Rick Flair, holding him on the ropes as these three are attacking the nature boy. But as they pan the, the camera around the crowd, all I see are these huge, big, bright lights. No wonder it was uh, hot in there, but to your point.
2: Yeah, it really was. You know, it's a weird thing, which I figured out pretty quickly. You know, Rick was a heel everywhere in the world, except for the Carolinas. Mm. And it was because that was, I guess he had started there, his career basically. And, uh, you know, he was like a a homegrown entity almost, even though he wasn't. But he was a baby face in the Carolinas. So there was a weird dynamic there.
0: By now, everyone has heard that real estate is hotter than ever. Homes are routinely selling for thousands of dollars above the listing price. But if you aren't looking to sell your home or buy another, you may have wondered, how does today's hot market affect me? Today, your house is very likely worth more than ever before. And that means you have more equity than ever before. And that represents a real opportunity to change your life. Now's the perfect time to consolidate all of your credit cards. You see, the interest you pay on a credit card is not only at a very high rate, it's also not tax deductible. Families just like yours have saved five. Five, six, seven, even eight hundred dollars per month, and you can too at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and if you've been dreaming of remodeling your kitchen, master bathroom, maybe putting in a pool or even a home theater, this is your chance to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket. So why not let my family get your family the best mortgage you've ever had at SaveWithConrad.com. First Family Mortgage, NMLS number six five zero eight four, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months at SaveWithConrad.com. A lot of early Tony Schiavone,
1: uh, here at the beginning, when did you really start to, uh, form a, a friendship or was it around when you first came in or did that kind of grow as you and Tony would work together through the years?
2: Tony was just one of the guys that I'm, I'm sure, you know, came up and introduced himself. He's just such a nice person. He's a, a really nice man. And, you know, he was just getting started in the business too, so. As much as I was really just thrilled to be there, so was he. We had kind of had the same mentality. And, uh, you know, Tony was a big wrestling fan and still is. And he was enjoying it as much as I was. So we had a lot in common there.
1: Yeah, it's really fun to think about as you're watching, as we watch this together from 85, he's holding the mic. And my goodness, just a few nights ago, he's holding the mic for people still there in AEW. Just uh, it's really cool to see him back where he belongs. Arne, here we are with Bob Cottle. He's bringing Jim Crockett in. I'm going to go to this. Here we go.
3: ...star also. It's been wild and willing. The six-man tag. The Russians are very unhappy about the return of Sergeant Slaughter. Rick Flair and Wahoo McDaniel, no disqualification match. I think once and for all, Will's going to settle this. And then Tully Blanchard... And Dusty Rhodes, each man has put up $10,000. No disqualification. Dusty has said if he does not win that TV title, he will not wrestle in the Mid-Atlantic area ever again. He has had all of Tully and Baby Doll he can stand. Then they're going to take Baby Doll and put her into a steel cage and hoist her to the top of the
4: Greensboro Coliseum.
1: There we go, and uh, unbelievable time in wrestling at this point. Jim Crockett Promotions talking about a, a few of what's to come here. Uh, Jim Crockett mentioned Sergeant Slaughter, who many forgot was in the territory at the time, uh, but he was. Uh, when did you meet Jim Crockett, by the way, for the first time?
2: Um, basically, I met him that first day uh, that I went to the office and was supposed to talk to Dusty. It was around... Uh, the 4th or 5th of, uh, April 85, when I went down to the office, uh, had a meeting with Dusty and Jimmy was just a, Hey, you know, how are you? Just a very, very short meeting, but that was my first time meeting him. And, uh, mostly that was going to be, uh, a meeting with Dusty that day.
1: And as Jim was out talking about uh, Dusty and others and Sergeant Slaughter, he mentioned that Dusty and Tully are going to be having a $20,000 match where if Dusty loses, he's going to leave. That stipulation ended up going by the wayside eventually, but they're battling for the TV strap at this time. And then Flair enters our screen. He's holding that classic NWA Dome Globe title. This is before the big gold belt. Uh, is it kind of weird to see him with the NWA title uh, because he is so well known to have the big gold belt?
2: Not really. Uh, it was a different time. Does um, it doesn't seem strange? And again, you're going back here to uh, a different time, a different era. It was the NWA champion. This was prior to any WCW stuff, obviously.
1: There you go. I Yeah, I, I remember both belts uh, as a fan. You remember that classic Dome Globe look, but the big gold would transcend it uh, eventually, uh, as we all are aware. And we're back to live action now. It's Dick Slater, Magnum TA, and Buzz Tyler taking on Joel Deaton, Doug Vines, and the Golden Terror. And Arn, you're going to be up next. Do you remember at all what's on your mind before the match? Are you stretching, working out? Are you watching the match? What are you doing? Are, are you feeling the butterflies at this point?
2: I'm definitely warming up, Paul. And if you go back in history, Dick Slater was was my idol. Mm. He was the guy that when I was a you know, teenager, that's the guy I wanted to be. When he was partners with Bob Orton Jr., those guys were unbelievable. And Dick Slater was just a guy that, that I just wanted to emulate. And I was sitting back there. It was almost surreal uh, watching him in this match and watching as a fan and watching as a coworker. And uh, I was back there stretching out in that hot building, getting the sweat going. But I just remember thinking, God, Dick Slater is I'm on the same show as Dick Slater. I must be getting close to arriving and actually making it.
1: And Magnum TA enters the match here. And man, what a tag, what a pop when he's gets tagged in, you're looking at the roster when you arrive on Is Magnum at the top of the list of people that you wanted to wrestle.
2: Well, look at him, Paul. He's a movie star. <laughs> he is. And, and people love him. And God, yeah, I wanted to wrestle this guy like yesterday, you know, I wanted to, wanted to get in and just kind of measure you know, my skills and and, and what I had to bring to the table against, you know, the top guys. And, but I knew there was, you know, down the road somewhere there was going to be a match with Magnum and I was couldn't wait. All these guys are very, very talented that are in the ring right now.
1: Yeah. You mentioned Dick's Dick Slater in terms of his ability and work rate and how you really admired him. What can you tell us about the third man here on the team? Buzz Tyler, Uh, he was, yeah. yeah, he was a
2: veteran, not to cut you off, Paul. He was one of those guys that was a veteran and, uh, you know, he had just, I don't know. I think Texas was where he had his best run, but he's a big rugged guy, very athletic. You know, he was a brawler. He was a wrestler. He was all those things. And, uh, he had a lot of, uh, at this point in time, he had a lot of years behind him. So he was polished.
0: So growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. I think, uh, everybody listening to this probably used to have a Saturday morning routine that involved cartoons, wrestling, and cereal. Uh, but then eventually we grow out of cartoons and well, most of us didn't grow out of wrestling, but we do grow out of eating cereal when we realize it's full of sugar and junk. We probably shouldn't be eating, but what if cereal was back? with zero grams of sugar 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net carbs in each serving we're talking just 140 calories a serving it's keto friendly it's gluten free it's grain free it's soy free it's low carb and it's gmo free boy do we have exciting news magic spoon has released a new super delicious flavor birthday cake birthday cake magic spoon will be available in a special five pack for a limited time only so get it while you can or build your own box the available flavors to build your own custom box include cocoa fruity frosted peanut butter and cinnamon and if you're listening from canada magic spoon now ships there as well this is a game changer in my house megan is the healthy eater in the bunch Duh. and she did not allow cereal in the house until magic spoon and now, buddy, it is a wrestling match. Anytime the peanut butter comes out, but I got to try this new birthday cake. I'm fired up. And if you're looking forward to cereal, you got to go to magicspoon.com forward slash arn to grab this new limited edition birthday cake or a custom bundle of cereal to try it today. And be sure to use our promo code arn at checkout to save $5 off your order. This offer is now good anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, but only when you use our code at checkout. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, you can get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com forward slash arn. And use that promo code ARN to save $5 off. One more time, that's magicspoon.com forward slash ARN. Use that promo code to Save yourself some cash. We thank you. Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode and delicious breakfast. Woohoo! Cereals back! MagicSpoon.com forward slash Arn.
1: And, we, and we're looking at the other team. Magnum lays in the, his classic belly to belly suplex, gets the three count. And by the way, we're at 15 minutes, 49 seconds for those that are uh, following us at home as you're watching this with us. And uh, lots, of, lots of good action in this match. They're showing the replay here. Magnum again. I, I miss the belly to belly suplex. I know these are these can't, I guess, you know, can be considered as closing or final moves, that that main finish. But man, this is when things were simpler and that was impact. That's what we were taught. That's why I would get the pin.
2: Well, you know, chest to chest, a lot of impact there. Drove him to the mat. Definitely something that could keep you down for a three count and beyond that.
1: And here we go. Tony Schiavone is letting us all know about upcoming matches that are going to be in the area. And we didn't mention this at the top of the show, but 85, this would be the 50 year anniversary of the NWA. Uh, obviously looking at 1935 when it got its start, but 50 golden years here as we roll into 85.
2: Amazing. Amazing that, that, you know, wrestling had been in place and the NWA had been in place for 50 years already. Wow. What a a bunch of history that you had prior, you know, to us us making it there.
1: Are you, uh, I know the NWA is back. It's obviously under different ownership now and they're doing their own thing. Are you happy to see that it's back as a brand in wrestling?
2: Well, sure. Absolutely. If there's not room for that, you know, what is there room for? Right. Um, you know, this it's such a rich and storied history and it was about wrestling and it wasn't sports entertainment. It was professional wrestling and that that's what I signed up for. And, uh, so awesome that, that it was, you know, fixing to really, really pop again, you know, the last half of the eighties.
1: Now I'm excited. They're back too. they're doing their best under Billy Corgan and, uh, definitely recommend that Tony was just interviewing some folks and, and who came interrupting but Paul Jones and superstar Billy Graham was there with him. What was it like working with Billy Graham? Uh, you know, he was on top in the WWF for such a long time. Did you get to know him at all? And during this time period, Arn?
2: Not, not really, because in those days, the teams and the partners traveled together for the most part, you know, he was traveling with Paul and, you know, I was traveling with different guys, made a few trips with the Russians and. You know, just different guys. I made a couple of trips with those guys, but it wasn't anything that, that was an everyday deal. Uh, basically, it was more about splitting transportation costs. And, yeah. you know, the territory was not thriving at this point yet. So, you know, when you're paying five cents a mile or whatever, that may seem trivial. But uh, if it's your car and you've got three guys paying that, it sure helps out with expenses. So that that was more the case, other than we were big but big buddies, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Tully joins the fray here with Tony. How good was Tully Blanchard at this time?
2: Incredible. Everything about Tully, if you look at him, you know, he looks like a professional athlete. He carries himself a lot of class, and he was very accomplished already by this point. Now here's Sam Houston, who I knew nothing about. <laughs>
1: And there he is Arn Anderson.
2: One of his first
1: televised matches here in mid Atlantic wrestling.
2: Yeah, it would have been one of the, maybe the second could be the third, but I think maybe my second TV, but Sam, you know, I'm not sure how much experience he had had at this point, but as you could see, you know, he got around that ring pretty, pretty good, pretty polished. And, uh,
1: He's the son of Grizzly Smith, the brother of Jake Roberts. Uh, they did that. They recently vice did the dark side of the ring documentary about the family. And I was going to ask you what your thoughts were working with Sam here.
2: Um, I got a, you get a feel for a guy that's a veteran that has some experience pretty quickly in the ring and, and I didn't know anything about him. Hadn't seen him wrestle. Uh, but by now I figured out, okay, well, there's going to be a contest. So. You learn to respect a guy right away um, or not, depending on what he brings to the ring. And I knew that Sam brought some experience to the ring. So I knew I would have to stay on top of my game to win this match and stay on top of it. Here's a classic Anderson move, slam on the arm. And, And that had to sting, that's for sure.
1: As you're working, you're putting this match together Arn. you know, it's going to be on television. How important do you feel more pressure, kind of making sure that whatever you do in your facials, look at you walking around classic heel style, the faces looking at the crowd back to the arm. Do you feel pressure as far as in terms of the importance level of making sure whatever you do, you put together something good that's going to come across well on television?
2: Well, pacing is everything, and it's not something you just do for TV. It's every match that you have. You don't get in a hurry. You don't rush. You don't do anything that's not going to give you the opportunity to look good. You know, the biggest mistake to this day that, that a wrestler can make is to rush and to hurry something when he doesn't necessarily have to. And, you know, that's how mistakes happen. That's how you lose your grip on a guy. That's how you lose control. A guy is rushing. And that's what I tried not to do. Again, there's another slam on the arm. Yes. Uh,
1: You have, you have, you're doing the classic Anderson style wrestling where you have taken the body part, the arm in this case, and just picked it apart. And now at least where I'm at watching it, you just got the victory And, uh, he tapped out years before it was popular to tap out who came up with the finish Arn?
2: Well, apparently he had no choice.
1: (laughs) That's right.
2: He wasn't getting anywhere there. It's better Paul to quit and live another day with a career ahead of you. than to, to, you know, show huge cojones and not tap out and get your arm popped out of place or your shoulder. So. He did, he made the right decision and he would go on to fight another day. Now we have our friend Shivani back.
1: Are, were you, uh, were you happy with how that match went Arn?
2: Ab- absolutely. Good. You know, I, I was dominant and uh, that's, I was supposed to be dominant and I was, uh, Sam made a fight out of it, but obviously that was the wrong day to catch me.
1: And you're right. They're showing some highlight clips here. David Crockett talking to Tully. We're going right into this confrontation here between dusty Rhodes. And baby doll, which by the way is shocking at the time, let alone now, where Dusty puts his hands on baby baby doll. The babyface pop for her getting smacked is really something here, man.
2: Things were different in those days. That's Absolutely, sure. I tell you what, baby doll was a was a physical specimen too, brother. She was strong. She was a big, healthy woman. Had grown up in the business, so. Ooh. She had caught some of that by osmosis, but, uh, she was a definite benefit to Tully Blanchard. She was a weapon he could use.
1: She, to me, she was a game changer when it comes to valets. She did get involved. Yes. It got a little physical here, which again, like you said, different time, different era, but, uh, man, it's just incredible to see how rabid the crowd was. Now Dusty's being charged. Here comes Tully down to, to, you know, save the day for baby doll. It, just, it was an electric atmosphere at this time.
4: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was a hundred percent. You need to make more money, make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen.
2: Well, it's unheard of. You couldn't do something like that today. you know, she would, but she was no weakling. It wasn't, she slapped Dusty first. It was just a gut reaction. You could tell he didn't like doing that. I mean, that's, you know, what real man on top of his game that is a grown ass man is going to, you know, want to slap a woman. Right. It just never enters your mind. It was just a gut reaction, but trust me, she was no victim. You know, she smacked the crap out of him first and, uh, you know, it just went down, but thank God it's a new era. And yeah, we don't have those issues.
1: And I've had the chance to talk to her before about it. And in that time period, she was all in. She wanted she wanted to be a part of that stuff. And she asked to be a part of that stuff. And uh, but you're right, not happening nowadays. Before they're still kind of going through this angle here, they have the mic there with Tully still talking through it. Before we completely get away from your early match there, I do want to ask you as you walk back through the curtain, you're done. Do you remember getting any advice or words when you when you came back through at the end of that match? Anything stand out to you in your memory uh, after that match?
2: Not really. I mean, you know, it, I was the new guy in town in those days. A lot of guys weren't going to come up and encourage you too much, especially if they were positioned ahead of you at that point on, you know, on the crew because they didn't want to assist you in taking their spot, if that makes any sense.
1: Oh, it does. Uh, Yeah, it's competitive. It's a competitive environment. Everybody wants to get their time on TV, right?
2: Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, there were some guys that would be a mentor to you, but I think they got at that point that I was seasoned enough that I wasn't just some rookie, even though we considered we being the industry that up until about four or five year mark, you were still considered you know, a rookie, you were getting it, you were picking it up and at about the four or five year mark, you had gotten seasoned enough that you were no longer considered a rookie. You were a guy that could, you know, were working your way into being a veteran, could have a match under any circumstances. And got to remember that's 300 plus matches a year. Yeah. Versus what, what the schedule was following that and is today.
1: So we're, we're back from break Tully just did his bit. And, uh, in terms of wrapping that angle up with, with Tony, I know they're building some serious heat between him and dusty Rhodes and the baby doll feud. And we come back to see superstar Billy Graham doing Kung Fu fighting. He's in the <laughs> ring taking on Frank Lane. Is it surreal to see Graham in this character compared to the tie dye world champion of years, years past?
2: I was just digging the music. There you go. Uh, you know, the arms, Billy Graham, the arms are something that, you know, even though he didn't have quite the physique that he had when he was up north, you know, with the WWWF, he still looks pretty damn good, doesn't he?
1: He d- he looks real good. And, uh... and,
2: and you know, he's more of his style fit, uh, the WWWF, I think more because I mean, he was such a physical specimen and it was a big man's territory and the, the pace was a lot slower and more methodical. And it was, you know, even then it was more of a show than it was a match. And, uh, I think Billy's style was, was more catered to the WWF than here, but you know, he still looks pretty healthy to me. And, uh, uh, like I said, one, you couldn't take your eye, eyes off the guy's biceps. That was his calling card.
1: Arn, the one thing that stands out to me a little bit, and I really want your opinion here as I'm watching the show, you're watching it. We're watching it together here. I, I see some influences of the Jim Crockett promotions product, uh, and how, uh, it's helped to form some of what the AEW product delivers. Now, do you think it's a, it's comparable in terms of the two? I
2: I don't see a comparison. It was like NWA meant for those of us that were involved and at a high level, certainly it meant wrestling and it didn't mean showmanship as much as it meant wrestling. And as you look and see, even as simple, you wouldn't think about it, but you look at the two shows, the costuming, even we were toned way down Mm. from what WWWF was. And uh, it was just a different product. Uh, It was more about the contest and it was, you know, the characters were not as, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say comedic, but it was maybe everyone was a human cartoon with the other company. And with the NWA, it was more about wrestling ability. Now, Boogie Woogie, contradicts exactly what I just said, because he was a straight gimmick.
1: (laughs) He was, he comes out and my goodness, the crowd went crazy when he made it. He's the
2: one guy that you want Paul on your crew. That is a gimmick, but it's a good gimmick because he endeared endeared himself so much to the kids and the fans and the grandfathers. I mean, everybody loved the boogie woogie man.
1: Did you ever work with, uh, with Valiant and what'd you think of working with him?
2: Many times, many times I did. I mean, he was, like I said, he was such a, a gimmick and he, the fans loved him. It was, uh, it was really easy to go out and get a crowd mad at you when you were working with Boogie, another friend of mine for over the years, the barbarian, definitely a beast.
0: It's summer camping season. Let's talk about pitching tents. That's right. This episode is sponsored by blue. Chew guys confidence can take you far in life, but it can also help you in the bedroom especially when it comes time to um, (coughs) step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. You see, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. So you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part it's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door all in a discreet package. And I got to tell you. This has been a game changer in my house, especially when it comes time for vacation time, because I'm ready to invite people. Well, I shouldn't say people, uh, a person to go one on one with the great one. Okay. Not really, but serious business. This is a uh, high fives all around when this gets delivered and I'm not the only person here excited about it, if you know what I'm saying. So if you could benefit from the extra confidence when it's time to perform blue chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free. When you use our promo code ARN at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is ARN to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank BlueChew for sponsoring the podcast and our hard arms. serious business women say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Blue Chew can help you get the confidence where it really counts. Leave an impression, get a five-star review. Throw down like you're in the Tokyo Dome, baby. It's bluechew.com and the promo code is ARN. Yep. Three
1: headbutts off the top rope the Boogie Woogie. It's one of those moves we look back on now and obviously don't like the use of the head as much, head trauma. But man, impressive individual in the barbarian and they're taking out Boogie Woogie. And it looks like up next is your buddy who you just talked about, Dick Slater. And he's cutting a promo on JJ Dillon right now. And, uh, I'm just curious, what did you think of J.J. the first time you met him?
2: How polished. You know, what a great speaker he was. You know, how he carried himself as, you know, a a really polished businessman and how articulate he was on the mic. You know, and again, I would have been sitting there watching Dick do this the background that you need to know about Slater and is, it just turned out that way. The first time I saw him on TV or the second or third, I didn't know he was one of the legitimate badasses in the business behind the scenes in the locker room. Uh, but he absolutely was, mm. which only made the fact that that I had looked at him the way I did is like, he's the man. I was right. Yeah. There was a time when Dick Slater walked that locker room and nobody said boo to him period. And uh you know you look at his eyes and you and you you listen to what he's saying, he he's not overblown, he's not screaming, he's not spitting, he's just getting his point across and you look at those eyes intensity. That would convince me of anything.
1: That's what I think was the difference in some of the promos in terms of back then with NWA was when they were delivering the promos, when you guys, should I say, were delivering promos, it felt that that intensity felt you, you felt it, you felt it coming through your television screens.
2: That's the thing. Everything that he is saying is coming from him. It wasn't written by a group of writers. It's coming from Dick Slater's heart and his gut. And uh, that was the difference promos were not necessarily promos. They were you conveying what you were feeling at that time to the audience. And and it came across that way.
1: Well, Slater wraps up the interview and we move into another match here. It's the great Kabuki. He's in the ring and, uh, Kendo Nagasaki is Kabuki. What did you think of Kabuki in his work?
2: Pretty polished actually. Um, you know, of course, you know, look at him work those numchucks. That's not, that's not an act. At some point he mastered those. And, uh, you know, as far as how extensive his martial arts, uh, you know, experience was, he just convinced me he could at least work those nunchucks. Yeah.
3: Had,
2: had a great look. I mean, you got to look at that. It's, it's your classic foreigner, uh, you know, who's under the mast nasty looking heel And, uh, like I said, the guy is it's probably got a mouth full of yep, there it goes. who knew what that green stuff was. I wasn't gonna ask him the
1: mist. it <laughs> became a mist. yeah, it became a staple with muda, but it really begins with kabuki,
2: you know we all take from each other. that's right all if you go back to the beginning of time, there's stuff that in the very beginning, I bet some guys twenty years later took a version of and stole so. Kabuki's right now has the mist and uh, very aggressive.
1: Did you ever get hit with the mist, Arn? Was it painful?
2: Not from him. And I don't remember if uh, I got a feeling Muda must have got me at some point, but I just don't recall it. But, buddy, it, hey, stuff would blind you. Whatever it was, I don't know what it was, but it, if it got in your eyes, it would blind you. And from that point on, Blind men don't do very well in contact sports. It.
1: <laughs> it was green and it was liquid and it was coming to people's eyes. That's all we need to know about that stuff. Forget it. For sure. Yeah.
2: You know, Paul Jones, you know, he's a guy that was in the Carolinas virtually forever, uh, had a lot of different roles, but uh, was more or less, more or less a mainstay and uh, good guy to do the talking for. Perfect. Kabuki there, right?
1: Yeah. You need in a mouthpiece. I'm sure, especially when it comes to interviews and, uh, during watching some of Tony's Tony Schiavone's podcast, they're doing the watch along 86. Paul Jones promos can be a little hard to watch. There's certainly no Arne Anderson level, uh, but, uh, he still gets the job done and man, they were believable when I was a kid.
2: Well, that's a nice thing to say. I mean, Paul had his own style. Yep. Uh, uh, Basically, he was a very loyal employee, which is what carried a lot of the weight as long as he was with JCP. He was somebody that that the Crockett's could trust and very loyal to their
3: company. N M L S number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender. Woo!
0: With the real estate market being so hot, you have more equity than ever before. Use that equity to consolidate all of your credit card debt and get the cash you need to turn your house into your dream home at save with Conrad.com. And a guy that was a wrestler at one point that made a nice transition
1: into being that mouthpiece, that manager type role that was really big. That got really big in the eighties. When you think yep. about some of the managers at the time.
2: Yeah, that's for sure, you know, and, and there's something to be said that if you start with a company and you spend a lot of time there and you're very loyal to you, it's nice to know that down the road they would be loyal back and you would have a position with the company and that's pretty much Paul's situation, which I think is a good thing.
1: Well, Kabuki picks up the win here in what looks like kind of a modified Texas cloverleaf. Tommy Young, to your point, again, officiating this one, Uh, But it was an impressive victory for Kabuki. They're showing the highlight here and uh, the reversal into the corner and then into that move. Uh, Really good stuff here from the great Kabuki. If you're not familiar with him, this is the classics that you can go back and watch, whether it be on Peacock when they finally get around to it or YouTube. Search for this NWA Classic Wrestling. It's uh, a lot of good stuff here. And now I'm getting a graphic on it. it. says, how many arm wrestling tournaments has Dusty won? These are the little trivia segments they did in and out of the show. And the, the winning answer three, he's won three arm wrestling contests.
2: How many has he been in? Does it say that <laughs> it didn't say I would venture. It's probably close to being three. Yeah, exactly. I bet he's three for three. <laughs> oh man.
1: Remember he was booking. So there you go.
2: Hey, didn't bother me none. I couldn't have probably beat him anyway.
1: I'm going to play a little bit of these uh, local promos here with Tony. Let's listen to some of this.
4: Billy Graham with Paul Jones takes on Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant for the TV title. $10,000, 20-minute match. Tony Blanchard, Baby Doll, the against the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and Magnum T.A. will take on Ivan Koloff. All in Roanoke, you'll see superstar Billy Graham with Paul Jones against Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. You got that right, brother. The Boogie Man's back home.
3: Stone sober, matter of fact. It's so on the Twitter, match, Roanoke, brothers and sisters, get down with your Boogie Man. we going to do it together. I'm coming for one reason. One reason only, brother. That's to Let Paul Jones put him out of commission. And then I want to stay. Never leave again, people. Brothers and sisters, get behind your boogeyman. Let's do it together.
4: Woo, that's it. You will see Magnum T.A. take on the Russian bear, Ivan Koloff.
3: You know, the people know my direction. It's been all gauged towards one Walter McDaniel, in the United States Heavyweight Championship, and they know I've been real fired up for that. Well, now I'm going against Ivan Koloff, a man that represents Russia. He represents one-third of the world's six-man tag team champions. Well, let me tell you one thing from this boy right here from the USA. We have the finest wrestling champions in the world here, and I'm going to prove it to you and all those people out there in Rona. Gear up like you've never been geared up before, because I'm coming to take you out.
4: Twenty-minute match, TV title, $10,000, Tully Bindrew, Baby Doll against Dusty Rhodes. I'm sure you heard Tully say you may not be there because of a stipulation during Silver Star.
3: You know, a lot of people say Dusty Rhodes might have backed yourself into a corner Roanoke Civic Center. I ain't gonna miss this, baby. I'm not gonna let you down, you understand? This is D-Day, the time, the event. 7.30, Roanoke Civic Center, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. I'm gonna be walking in there, you understand, with the TV towel. I'm gonna be walking in there... As the champion, and there's been a statement made at Baby Dolls, say Dusty Rhodes and Mac and Dream, I'm going to scratch your eyes out. I still got him, and I'm going to have him in Roanoke on the 24th of March. It's going to be dynamite night, Jack. There
1: he goes. He just said dynamite. Hey There we go. That's fun, man. I remember all those, and Tony Schiavone was in great uh, voice there. <laughs> oh, that was fun.
2: You know, what you should take for that is you go back and watch it. You got Boogie Woogie Man, you got Magnum, and you got Dusty, and you got three promos, and every one of them completely different.
1: Bingo, yes.
2: And I think that was the key, being original, having your own gimmick, having your own style. And uh, speaking of having your own style – Buddy Landell,
1: the nature boy, Buddy Landell makes his debut on TV against Keith Larson and, and are obviously Landell immediately compared uh, to flair, but Landell has JJ Dillon with him. What did you think of Buddy Landell here?
2: I think Buddy was a guy that, that had unlimited talent. He had unlimited charisma. His deal from the very beginning was, he was a flare knockoff, and he knew it. The fans knew it. But the fact that he stuck with it and was a lesser version of Rick is what really got him his heat. Hmm. You know, And Buddy was a very polished performer. He really was. Um, he was one of those guys that, that just got it. Um, and as you can see, he's going to make it competitive and fun to watch by a guy that should not be slamming him. Buddy put that somewhere in the match where you figured it was just going to be an enhancement match, and Buddy just suddenly did the smart thing. He went, well, hey, maybe this is not going to end up the way I thought it was. And in those days, if you could do that with a guy that had talent but was there to enhance you, but you suddenly gave him a little more than what he should have gotten, see, look at the fans. They're with it that would have been very boring if it would have just been straight Buddy Landell, A to Z.
1: Let me ask you here, Arn, do you think it made sense to have two nature boys at the same time?
2: Well, it did because if they would have ever gotten to the angle, Paul, and ever got to the deal, Buddy would have had incredible heat in the match with Rick. Mm. You know, the fact that he was an imposter never would admit it, but did everything exactly like Rick from combing his hair you know, to having a head full of good blonde hair, you know, and the ability to make matches competitive and make them fun to watch, but still being very good at what he does, his offense being effective. They just, the sad part is, Paul, they never quite got to the angle because Buddy just, you know, had his demons and Buddy had his issues and uh, he could not overcome them. He was literally right on the cusp of that angle popping when he got fired. Mm. And it's, it's a sad state of affairs. It's one of those what ifs, which I'm a huge fan of what ifs. Man, if he would have just held it together, it would have been a huge opportunity for him. And I think it would have been a good match for the fans.
1: Pardon the interruption, but I just wanted to tell you really quick about two of the best ways to support The Arn Show. One is to pick up a shirt from orangeshirts.com, and the other is to grab a gimmick from boxagimmicks.com. It's the official store of The Arn Show. You not only support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts. So check out arnshirts.com and boxagimmicks.com. And thank you for being a listener to The Arn Show while this is going on. In the next couple of days, you'll team with Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev and face off with Don Kernodal, Buzz Tyler, and Manny Fernandez. What was it like to be with the Russians and the heat from the crowd at that time, man?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it was, I was kind of lost in Never Never Land. The Russians had a ton of heat. Those three big, rugged baby faces were established. You know, I was kind of the odd man out. So it was going to be my job to fit in there and at least let them know I belonged in that mix because I was still new to this audience.
1: We see the big elbow drop there from buddy Landell. He gets the win and it's going to be Arn Anderson promo time. And I'm definitely playing the audio for this. You ready, Arn? Yeah, buddy. All right. Let's get the replay here. Buddy Landell with the boots to the face. And that corkscrew elbow drop. Man, Beautiful. Pretty move. It was. Every time landed it. And the pin for the three for those watching at home. Here we go. It's Arn Anderson time
4: here today on Worldwide Wrestling, and one of the men that you saw a little bit earlier was this man, Arn Anderson, of course, cousin of Ole Anderson, and of course, obviously, by your techniques in the ring, you were in there to hurt somebody and to make a name for yourself.
3: You're absolutely right. You're exactly right. Now, I don't, first of all, Ole was supposed to be here tonight. I don't know what the problem was. Must have been bad weather. That's all I can tell you, because stuck in the water. Right here, you see me working a man over Anderson style. It's been too long around here since there was an Anderson Around here to show people exactly what professional wrestling is all about. Now, I'm not doing anything flashy, Daddy, but I'm getting results. You see a man wiggling like a worm on that mat. That's wrestling right there, Daddy. I'm cracking his arm. I'm cracking, cracking, cracking. What do you finally hear? The final result. I quit Get me out of here. Please get me out of here. Now, a while ago, I came out and I heard a big reaction from somebody called the Raging Bull. Now, I don't know who this Raging Bull is or what he's trying to stick his nose in my business. But as you'll see in just a minute, this little timid fella decides to stick his nose in my business. Right here, you don't stick your nose in the Anderson's business, brother. They ran this place for seven long years. And as you see, I do it just like an Addison needs to have it done. Right here. Raging Bulls not raging right now. I don't look like a paraplegic, do I there, Mr. Announcer?
4: Yeah. Uh-huh. Obviously not. Working over the Raging Bull quite well.
3: You're exactly correct. Now, as you see, I've done had a match. Most men would be tired, but hey, I hadn't even broke a sweat. Your big champion here, uh, the hero of supposedly all these people here, where does he end up? Flat of his back, supine to the ceiling, and they toted him out. Now, there's a couple things I need to convey to you. Cameraman, get out on this upper body one time. Just scoot right down on this upper body. I want you to get a full view of this right here you're looking at 245 pounds daddy a cultured bulk it's all positioned strategically it's all looking just like it ought to look and the main thing is it's functional so i tell you what roads you're sitting at the top of the heap. ta you're there somewhere raging bull you're there somewhere well daddy rabbit let me explain something to you double a's on the scene i'm here from competition and when that smoke all clears I'm used to being king of the hill, you understand what I'm saying? So I usually just toss them all aside, take my place at the top, and that's that. So I'm gonna get some respect around here, or I'm gonna beat it out of you, and it's that simple.
4: Obviously, with the last name of Anderson, you're gonna get plenty of respect. You're exactly right,
3: one way or the other, and it's been your pleasure, I'm sure. The bottom line is, this place is gonna go back to being Anderson country, and I'm just a man. I'm the youngest Anderson, I'm the best looking Anderson, And this was just a calm before the storm. Right when you thought it was safe to go back in the ring, where does it come from? The biggest and the best looking is right here. It's been your pleasure.
4: Okay, we'll see you next week on the...
1: My goodness. Arn, what are your thoughts as you listened and watched your promo there, buddy? I don't like that guy.
2: (laughs) And what in the hell's going on with that hat? Oh, man. Or the glasses not bad biceps from, from.
1: Orn. Okay. watching your face while you watched yourself was was worth every penny that was priceless man i think you hey, he said rabbit no daddy or something at one point i couldn't keep up
2: cultured was, bulk what <laughs> is cultured that? bulk what is cultured bulk well it sounded like it made sense to me so i went with it it's uh you know that was my first television. That was the yeah. thing that went down the first time, and you know it was a good way to get launched. Yeah, you know the you know the people in control were very very smart, and you know you only get one chance to make a, a first impression, and uh, I had no problem with confidence. I had no problem bullshitting. <laughs> that was uh, so if fun. I, man. If I drew a blank, I could bullshit my way through it. So man, it was it was this beginning really of, of me becoming um, someone that mattered in the business and establishing myself where, Hey, you know, this guy may, may may do something and he's an Anderson, which is a huge advantage. I was never lost on the fact that being an Anderson gave me a huge advantage.
1: And I, I, you know, I was listening to the promo, you close the show I mean, your heart's got to be racing through your chest, is it? As you're delivering, you know, you're on TV. This is the first, this is your shot, man. This is where you finally get to tell everybody who you are, what you're going to do, how you're going to make it Anderson country. I mean, is your heart racing at this point as you're delivering this?
2: Well, yeah, because nothing was preconceived. I thought a little bit about what I was going to say, but I didn't have a script to go off of. I I was just saying, you know, about how much time do I have? And, uh, I knew I had to fill it in that time. You couldn't go over. You certainly didn't want to go short. Uh, so, you know, you having to space that out and just basically it came from right here. Yeah. And from the gut, man. And that's the, that's the ones that people remember. And so that first one, you know, although it can always be better, I think it got the point across as, well, hey, there's a new guy in town.
3: <laughs>
2: At least he thinks he's tough. So we'll see. <laughs>
1: You you talked a great game. You looked great. Uh, You said the hat, but I thought the hat was cool. That was big back in the 80s. That was the look. Uh,
3: I was digging it.
1: Yeah, Uh, you looked good. And, man, Arne Anderson is on the scene in Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. What would you think of watching that show today?
2: Um, It was, uh, you know, if you noticed, it was a one-hour show. To me, it felt like it flew by. Yeah, I don't know about you, but compared to two and and three-hour shows being the norm, I mean, and that made... The amount of TV time that I was afforded, if you talk about match time, video time, whatever it was, the promo time, was a sizable chunk. And that had a lot of value in those days because it was only a one-hour show. That was not lost on me either. You had to take and make advantage, every advantage you could, of that TV time.
1: Yeah, it was fun. The format of the shows, it wasn't a hard recipe to follow, right? You're there to get your strong, your strong performers over. You're there to make sure you promote what town you're coming to next. And then also tell some of those stories and some of the clips of the massive angles that were going on at the time, what was drawing heat, what was going to sell those tickets. And then we get you, we get a new, uh, heel to the stable who gets to perform Sam Houston taps out. And at the end, we're going to close the show with our brand new heel. We're adding to the mix Arn Anderson. And uh really fun time for me to watch this with you, sir.
2: You hated my guts. I hope.
1: Oh, I hated your guts. Are you kidding awesome. me?
2: That's that's the favorite thing on <laughs> earth that I like to hear. My grandmother hated you.
1: Oh yeah. We, and I, I, I was not an Arn Anderson. My heart. Yeah. my heart, But you were doing your job, man. You were doing your job and uh, really good time with you today. Arn. I know you're back to a busy life, busy schedule. Things are ramping up now with AEW. They're traveling. They're back to real crowds. That's going to be exciting for you. Uh, I know a lot of travel is in order for what's to come the rest of the year.
2: Every fan that could get to an AEW show, make no mistake, guys. We have missed you. You are the some of the unsung stars of of our company you know you guys are superstars and the way you feel about the product and the way you support us and the way you the difference in having our show with an arena full of people and having to make do otherwise are, are two different animals and i just want to let you know how much we appreciate you get to that live event because man we are going to kick some ass going forward
1: I love it, Arn, and uh, it wasn't too long ago when you had your first show back there in Miami, you got kicked in the head by new star Malachi Black, so uh, if that's a sign of what's to come, man, count me in. I'm all in. I can't wait to see where this all evolves.
2: Well, you didn't have to bring that up, (laughs) but yeah, my ears are still ringing a little bit. Yeah, but hey, that's what we do. Part of the game. You know, he's got to walk that hall wondering, hmm, wonder when that receipt's coming.
1: Boom. There you go. Well, Arn, it's been my pleasure to step in for Conrad this week. Join us again next week for
0: Arn. So, a lot of us have been through this. You know, finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring, hassle, haggling finding a store to trust, trying to figure out the four C's, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. But at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys really hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book about not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler that has been making it so easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no coupon codes. There's no discounts, just the best price possible, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. And by the way, they're open now. You don't need an appointment. Just stop by. Or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with fast and free shipping. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Or if you're in the area, go check him out anytime at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. As for me here in Alabama, I'm going to check out IHateStevenSinger.com. And you
4: should too.